0: And as lovely as the Christmas story is or has been to you, um, it it is actually full of scandal and intrigue. How many guys, a lot of you guys have in this room have kind of grown up in this church? You've been around this church for a while or maybe you've been around church in general for a while. How many guys have been a part of a kid's Christmas play? Yeah, so many of you guys. Yes, and I have seen you all. Most of you all, I've seen you sing. I've seen you dance. George and Queso were some of my favorite actors that I've seen. Um, I found a picture and singers. Sorry, um, what was the Isaiah Jones? That was one of the that was one of the best kids Christmas plays we've had. Um, that was really good. Um, and and so. So we've all, a lot of you guys, so many of you guys raised, you raised your hand just a minute ago that you've been a part of a kid's Christmas play, or if you, you've heard about the Christmas story as a kid growing up, but, um, and, and ob- but obviously, as a kid... You don't talk about the scandal of Christmas because that's, that's a lot for your little brains to handle at that age. But tonight and, and through this series, we're gonna show you some things that, that maybe you didn't know about the Christmas story, or maybe things that aren't always at the scene uh, as they seem. Uh, so, really quick, I wanna define the word scandal for you guys. The word scandal is an action or an event that causes general public outrage. You guys, you guys have probably heard of different kind of scandals or you've probably heard of different kind of things that cause outrage or that cause, cause unrest or that cause people to be upset. And so this is what a scandal is. And, and part of the Christmas story is a pretty scandalous story. So, we're going to take a look, we're going to dive in real fast and look at the book of Matthew. And it's the very first book of the New Testament. And Matthew, he, Matthew, if just a little background, he was one of the followers of Jesus. He's one of Jesus' apostles, one of his 12 that follow him. But Matthew, he was actually started out before he was following Jesus, he was a tax collector for the Romans. So, he was a Jewish man who collected taxes for the Romans. So imagine Matthew was a hated man, but he was Jewish and he knew all the Jewish customs. He knew all the Jewish kind of things that went on. And he was the, uh, he was the writer of the book of Matthew. And he knew, um, and, and he, w- he was this tax collector. He was doing tax collecting at the time where Jesus came along and he said, I want you to follow me. And, and, and Matthew dropped what he had and he began to follow Jesus. So I want you to catch this though. In Jewish culture, your genealogy, like your family tree, like where you came from, your family history was a really, really big deal. It was really important. And, and it shows not only your importance, but it shows the importance of your family tree and where you came from. And so, knowing this, and, and I, want, I want you to catch this too, and, and I've recently learned this, which is, I thought, thought it was really cool. Matthew. His gospel, the gospel of Matthew, was written to the Jewish people. And there were other gospels that were written towards a certain audience, but Matthew wrote his gospel to the Jewish people. So he would have caught, he would have understood, he would have known the importance of your family tree, of your genealogy, of where you came from. And he was writing to people, other Jewish people, so that they would know how important this genealogy is. And so, so we're gonna take a look at it tonight just for a minute, and I find it super fascinating. How many of you guys have started reading your Bible before? You started in Matthew, the very first chapter, and it just starts listing all these names. Anybody, okay, maybe a few of us have. It starts listing all these names, and you're like, oh, this is really boring. And that's okay. But what this is, what it's listing out here, is Jesus, his genealogy. And so I'm going to read through this a little bit, and we're going to highlight a few of the scandalous things, a few of the scandalous people of where Jesus came from. So if you got your Bible, um, we're in Matthew 1. We're going to start in verse 1. If you didn't, I'm just, we're going to have it on the screen tonight. And it says this, this is, the, is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. And if you know those two names, you know that's a really big deal. Like These are the most famous, I guess, if you would call Old Testament people. So he was a descendant. So this right here, immediately, they're saying Jesus is a big deal because he's a descendant of Abraham and of David. And then verse 2, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. I've got some very important things highlighted in yellow that we're gonna come back to. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon, whatever, I'm doing my best here. Salmon was Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. This is very important, we'll come back to this. Boaz was the father of Obed whose mother was Ruth. Once again, really important. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse, if you remember his story, he was the father of King David. He was King David's father. And David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Very important here. So we're gonna skip down real quick. And, and there's, there's, we're gonna skip down to verse uh, uh, 15 Because in these next few parts, it talks about all these kings and all these different kings where Jesus came from and all these lineage of kings, which were some actually really bad people, most of them. And so um, verse 15, Eliud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Verse 17, and those listed above included 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. And a partridge in a pear tree. So why did we just read all that? What is the significance of all of this that we just read? Why is this important? What Matthew's doing is he's trying to make a point here. He's trying to drive home the importance of where Jesus came from. And if you remember, he's writing this gospel directed to the Jewish people and and where your genealogy was a really, really big deal. So I want to show you something really cool that we just read before we kind of dive into this because I found this and then I'm like, this is, so hopefully you, you um, maybe I'm too excited about this, but I found this really cool. So I want to show you something. So it, it, let's single out verse 17 all by itself. It says this, all those listed above include how many? 14 generations from Abraham to David. How many? 14 from David to the Babylonian exile. And how many? 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Now we, we highlighted, I highlighted specifically, highlighted three 14s in there. We have 14, 14, and 14. What that is, is that is six sevens, right? Are we all on the same page? We got the math down? That's six sevens. Seven and seven make how much? Seven and seven make how much? There's four. Two more seven and seven make how much? 14. So we have six sevens. This means that with Jesus, we're about to get, we're about to begin the seventh seven. In this time, if you were to read this right here, back in this time, back in this era when this was written, if you were a Jew, you would probably get really excited about this you'd probably get a little bit fired up because if, if you are from Jewish culture, if you are a Jewish person, the number seven is a number of perfection. And, and, and it is, it's a number to, that it is, it's a great number. It's a number of perfection. And Matthew says, we're about to hit the seventh seven. Catch this. Matthew, he's ultimately saying, someone's coming and it's perfection. Is perfection. Jesus, the Messiah, is about to step on the, on the scene, and he's going to be perfect, and it's going to be great. Let me remind you that Jesus is fully God, but he is also fully human. And in this genealogy, there, there's some interesting, really, really interesting people. Um, Matthew went out of his way to, to point out some of these details, um, so, real quick, Matthew also wrote this genealogy, genealogy to, to show why Jesus is coming, why he is the coming king, why he is the coming Messiah. See, if you if you take a glance, you see Abraham. Everyone loves Abraham, even if you're like from different religions, different beliefs, a lot of people believe and they know about Abraham. Abraham's a really big deal. And if you take a glance, you'll see Abraham. And then if you, you look a little further down, you'll catch the name David. And all of us, if you've grown up, if you've been around church for a while, you're familiar with David, King David. And, and once again, if you're a part of his ancestry, this is a really big deal. This is really important. And then we see all these other kings that were listed that we didn't show on the screen. And what it's, what it's doing here, it's proving Jesus' right to lead Jewish people. It's proving his right to the Jewish people. So, but I want you to catch this tonight. We're going to zero in on on a few people. And one really cool thing, um, and for the ladies in the room, all the ladies say, yeah. (laughs) All the ladies say, yeah. Yeah. Okay, there were five different women (laughs) mentioned in in this section of verses. And here's why this is important. Because back in this day, back in this culture, women were nothing. Women weren't important. They were just to help make babies and to, to take care of the home and all that, those kinds of things. Women weren't a big deal. But in Jesus's genealogy, in his, the list of his family tree, there were listed five women. And, and um, so I want to, sh- here, here they are. There's, there's uh, Tamar that was listed. You saw it earlier in yellow. And then there was Ruth, or Rahab, Ruth. Uriah's wife, it didn't even originally say her name, it just it said Uriah's wife, so we all know her as Bathsheba, if you're familiar with the story of David, King David, and then there's Mary, Jesus, his mom, and so I want to tell you real quick about Tamar. Um, it, it, she, her story is found in Genesis 38, and um, her story is insane. It's crazy. It's, a, it's, 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 it's an insane story. It's like, Really strange and really graphic, um, and it's, it's really weird. And, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, her story is actually incest, and it's, it's really bizarre, and it's really weird what happened. But Tamar was in Jesus' family tree. Let's look at Rahab. Rahab, right off the bat, Rahab's a prostitute. And, and she was a Canaanite woman, So she actually wasn't even a Jew. She wasn't even important. And she wasn't even from Jewish culture, the Jewish ancestry, but she was also named in Jesus' lineage, in his family tree. And then there's Ruth. So if you're familiar with the Bible, there's even a whole book about Ruth and about her story and dedicated to Ruth. But Ruth, here's the deal about Ruth. She was ostracized because, once again, she was a Gentile. She was not of Jewish descent. And if you're familiar with the Bible, Jews hated the Gentiles. But she was in Jesus' family tree. Once again, not Jewish descent. And this was a big deal. So, so far, in Jesus' line, we've got incest, we've got prostitution, and we've got racism. Already in Jesus's family tree, going on. And these are just the women. These aren't even the men that were mentioned in Jesus's family tree. This, was, this is a big deal. And then we read about Uriah's wife, the mother of King Solomon, which you guys know her as Bathsheba. Her husband was Uriah. He was one of King David's top warriors. He was one of his top men. And while he was gone out to battle, David had an affair with Uriah's wife, with Bathsheba. She gets pregnant. You, you may know the story. They try to cover it up. And David, what he actually did, he actually had Uriah killed. He set it up to where he's going to be killed. He's going to be put on the front, right, front lines, and he's going to be killed. So now we have, to add to this, we have adultery and murder. And then finally, we come to Mary. And it says, the Bible says that she became pregnant before she was married to Joseph. So now, to add to that, is fornication. The Bible says, though, it, that she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, which, which is, is divine. It's immaculate. It's, it's an amazing. It's a miracle how this took place. But even though Mary and Joseph never uh, performed the act of making a baby, Let's put it that way. Um, imagine, though, Mary walking around town and says, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, the, I know Joseph and I aren't married yet, and, and, um, b- but God put this baby here. The Holy Spirit put this baby here. Imagine the scandal. I mean, seriously, oh, okay, who's going to believe that? Who's going to be like, okay, yeah, Mary? That we totally understand that. That's that totally makes sense. <laughs> Why have we never thought of that before? Immediately, Mary was, baby Jesus was put in her by the Holy Spirit, not by man, by God. You got to imagine her, Mary, walking around town. The scandal, the gossip, the people saying things, and now we have fornication which if you don't know what that word is, it's basically sex before marriage, which as believers, as Christians, we believe that you should not do. It's scandal. It's, there's scandal in the story of Jesus. Have, have you guys ever maybe in the news or maybe entertainment or maybe in your own life, you've been shocked by scandal? Yeah, I, I know I have. There's been some things that's happened in my family. There's been some things that I've seen um, uh, on, on the news or whatever, and you're like, that's just a not How could this happen? And believe it or not, the quaint Christmas story. Those of you guys who grew up doing the Christmas plays, all oh, this story is great. We're going to act out Mary and Joseph and the angels and the, the three wise men. And it's gonna, we're bringing the gifts the gold, frankincense, and myrrh and camels. Anyone ever the butt of the camel? The back end? No? Okay. But, anyways, we're, and so we don't talk about, though, Obviously, for obvious reasons, the scandal of the Christmas story. And I want to show you the first big scandal of the Christmas story. The very next verse, verse 18, Matthew 1, 18, it says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, Joseph to whom she was engaged, imagine being Joseph. Like, uh, uh, I didn't even, we were not even married. Anyways, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Remember the genealogy stuff? He's calling him out. He's saying, Joseph, son of King David. He said, you're important. You're a really big deal. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet and that prophet is, is in the book of Isaiah. And here's what it said in the book of Isaiah. And this was written, it quotes it in the New Testament here, but this was written hundreds of years ago before Jesus even showed up. Look, it says this, verse 23, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him what? I just like the way you say that. Say it again. Let's try that again. He was named what? Jesus. Jesus. Let me remind you this too that it was perfectly legal at this time to take a woman out and kill her for committing adultery. It was legal. It was not against the law. So, to kind of look back at all this, what does this mean for us today? Not only is Mary pregnant and unmarried, but she's also claiming that, that God impregnated her through the power of the Holy Spirit immaculately. And to add on the drama that an angel visited her and told her that that it was going to happen, and Joseph had a dream confirming that it was all true. This sounds like daytime TV to me, like um, Maury. Right? We have the test, and it is confirmed that you are the father. Like, like this is scandal. And, and if you were to tell a Jewish person, because here's the deal you, you hear, as a Jewish person, you hear all these stories and you hear, you read the prophet Isaiah, you hear about the prophet Isaiah and all these prophecies that are saying, a Savior's coming, a Savior's coming, a Savior's coming, Jesus is coming, a Savior's coming. And so you're waiting on this. And then they tell you, as a Jewish person, that the Messiah is coming through this girl, Mary, and the way that it happened and the way that it took place, if you were a Jewish person, you'd be outraged. Like, no, my Savior's not coming like this. He can't show up like this. This is the scandal of Christmas. What looked like adultery in the world's eyes was really the fulfillment of God's greatest promise. Isaiah 7, 14, and this right here is this is the prophecy. It says, the virgin will conceive a child. Didn't even know her name, didn't even say her name. It just knew that she was gonna be a virgin. The virgin will conceive a child because that's the only way, like, uh, I'm seriously, guys, this is a miracle. She will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born they call this a prophecy and all throughout the old testament prophecies point to jesus they point to this event and it looked it looked totally different than the jewish people expected they didn't prepare for this. They were like, oh, our, our Savior, our Messiah, he's gonna show up as a mighty warrior. He's gonna show up and destroy the Roman people who are keeping us um, suppressed. He's gonna show up and tear down all these things and we're gonna take over and the Jewish people are gonna lead this world. But, but Jesus showed up as a baby. It looked very different than people expected. Things aren't always as they seem in God's kingdom. So as we're learning about the scandal of Christmas and we learn about things that don't they just don't make sense sometimes and and how how God works in mysterious ways and and sometimes you're just like it just doesn't add up or it doesn't make sense or why why is God choosing to do it this way and sometimes we just don't totally understand. But maybe tonight that you were challenged somehow in some way and God spoke to you in, in, in a moment <clears throat> or in a time or in, in your fam time or in your group. And and maybe God's asking you to do something that just doesn't make sense or couldn't make sense to others, or or would cause other people to think you're absolutely crazy. Maybe God's asking you to step out and to do something that everyone would be like, What? This doesn't make any sense. Maybe for you, it's, it's ending a relationship. Maybe for you, it's, it's quitting an extra, extracurricular activity. Maybe it's um, giving up social media. Maybe, it, maybe it's, it's being generous with your money and giving and blessing others. Maybe God is calling you and asking you to do something that would cause the world, would cause people to be like, that just doesn't make sense. Tonight, I just want to challenge you, and hopefully that tonight and through the rest of this series, um, whatever God's calling you to do, I want you to trust his promises regardless of how ridiculous the situation looks. Even if it causes outrage, follow God. Trust him completely. I want to take a moment and just kind of circle back to the, the beginning of our night and and. How Matthew, he's describing how Jesus, he, he's describing how he's fully God and how he's fully human. And here's how he's doing that he's doing that by planting him right in the middle of the mess of humanity. I mean, we looked at even just, a, we just barely touched his family tree. He, we barely touched his genealogy, and right away, like, what a mess. What's this tell us? This tells us tonight that Jesus doesn't just love us from a distance. Like, like a dad, I don't know if you've ever seen a new dad with a dirty diaper. He's like, oh, no, this is, this is bad. Just stay away. Just keep it away. Like he does not love us at an arm's length. He, he totally could. He is God. He could have stood up and he could be like, hey, you will love me. And we say, yes, God. But he gave us the choice. He doesn't just love us from a distance. Jesus, in so many ways, he's just like us, right in the middle of the mess. I want everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And, And this is good news. This is good news for us. Because so many people, and I would imagine there's a lot of people in this room tonight, there's so many people who think that God can't love them or God, that, that God doesn't have a plan for them because of their mess. And you gotta know that, you, you, I want you to know tonight that God loves you right in the middle of your mess. And He'll help you and He'll see you out of your mess. He's not afraid of your brokenness, He's not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of your mess-ups and your mistakes. Or he's not even afraid of the mess of your family, of your history.